Hello and welcome into another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. We've got a good one for you here today in the beginning of September. I am Daniel and I am joined by Danny Hargraves, who is the special effects supervisor, seven-time BAFTA award winner, Emmy winner as well. And, you know, before we jump in with Danny, I want to remind you all that, of course, Josh and I breaking down so much TV over on our Patreon. We're doing a giveaway with Bushmills. You can get a free t-shirt, you know, a, a peaky hat and, and a bunch of other fun things. If you join us over on the patreon.com slash by order of peaky, still giving things away. And of course, so many more bonus episodes for you. But Danny, happy to be with you all the way over from Wales. How's, uh, how's your summer been? Yeah, it's been really good. It's uh, it's been a bit of a busy one for us. I'm I'm currently in Netflix craziness at the moment. I'm running about five different shows, um, so so I'm certainly uh, pretty occupied when it comes to doing what I do. So you started a, a company called Real SFX, and so I think yeah. so many people when they see that SFX pop up on a credits are not necessarily sure what it means. Something with special effects, something with special. Yeah. You know, walk me through it from the very beginning. Okay, so so basically, um, special effects is completely different to visual effects. So I get asked, you know, do I do the computer side of things? No, I don't. I can barely turn a computer on. I, <laughs> I hate sending an email. So essentially what I do is old school special effects, everything from your explosions to your fire effects to elemental effects such as rain, wind and snow. Uh, we do engineering rigs, so I'm a qualified engineer. Um, uh, we do pyrotechnics, obviously. Um, we do collapsing sets, flipping cars, you know, all of the fun stuff that you see uh, in movie making, really, to be honest. And it's, it's pretty incredible because I think a lot of us have seen your work before Peaky, but not necessarily yep. known it. You know, one of my favorite shows ever, Sherlock with, with Benedict okay, Cumberbatch. Yeah. And was that was that your start in special effects or was there something before that? No, do you know what? It's been quite a path. I mean, I was very lucky. I got into special effects through uh, what we call work experience here in the UK. I worked really, really hard. I pressed really hard. Uh, I found a company that did special effects and I lied about my age. I said I was 16 years old, but I was actually 14. And wow. what I did is I managed to get onto a film set and, and I was very lucky in those early stages. I managed to work on some really uh, prestigious projects such as Star Wars and, and, and various other shows. So I did everything back to front. So normally you're meant to start off uh, working on small dramas and then work your way up to do movies. Well, I started on the big things. And, and then from there, um, I worked my way through uh, becoming from what was what we call the apprentice, or I think you call it an intern. Um, yeah. And essentially I worked my way through to becoming the youngest supervisor at 24 years old. And then I started my own company at 29 years old, Real SFX that you see behind me. And then from that road, then I, I took on Doctor Who uh, and then I, I, I did Sherlock and Luther and, you know, all of the, the main BBC dramas. And then I went off to do many other productions as well for ITV, Netflix and, and, and films as well. So it's been I, I mean, we, we work on a number of different productions at once, as I said, you know, working on a lot of Netflix shows and Amazon shows at the moment. Uh, and, and what I tend to do, um, I've been building a company uh, and that's basically employs a lot of different skills uh, so that we can offer quite a range of special effects in the, in the movie industry. So let's get into the stuff that I think a lot of the Peaky fans are more curious about. How did how did you and, and whether it was Stephen Knight or, you know, someone else with, with Karen or, or how did that all get connected um, back in, you know, maybe mid season two, you started at season three. 
series season three, three. I guess. Season three. I mean, I, I was always a fan of Peaky, episode one and two. Um, I thought it was something that wasn't on TV. I think the uh, the mixture between the old style imagery mixed with the modern music really sort of uh, really inspired a lot of people. And it was the show that I wanted to do to sort of complete my catalog, particularly. I was very jealous of the team that worked on it. And I, I, I found out, you know, I really wanted to work on it. Um, but I actually worked with Killian uh, before we did Peaky and we, we built up a great relationship. Um, we worked on a film called Free Fire uh, with Ben Wheatley, who was the director. Uh, lots of other big movie stars uh, in, in their Brie Larson and, and various other product, um, great, great actors. Um, a funny story about Brie, actually, I must say, I, she found out she'd been nominated for an Oscar when I was actually rigging an explosive charge on her bum. Uh, that was always quite a, a funny moment when, when she found out that she'd been nominated for an Oscar for her thing. But anyway, I... Um, uh, so I worked with Killian on that film very, very closely. And um, so so when the, the call came to come and work on Peaky, obviously I, I, I jumped to the charts. Whether it came through him, I'm not sure, but it came through a, a close colleague of mine. Um, she said that she wanted to bring me on board. And, and of course I came running. And so uh, I joined this fantastic, uh, we call ourselves the Peaky family. That's what we are. I love it. You know, it's phenomenal. And, and when, when you really think about it too, the differences between season one and two, and then going into three, when the, the Georgians get involved and then you have the big explosions at the train tracks and the, the kidnapping and everything really goes up a notch. How much yeah. creativity was given, you know, still walk me through kind of like a, a special effects supervisor. Are you, do they ask you, you know, Hey, what do you think we should do here? Or do they just say, Hey, we want an explosion at the big building. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, in the conceptual stages when we read a script, we sit around a table, we talk about every scene, about what every department can offer, particularly in that scene. Um, there's always a bit of a battle between what is special effects and VFX. You know, VFX want to do a lot of stuff. And and what I try to do, I have a lot of battles in other, obviously great fun battles. It's not aggressive in any way, but essentially what we try to do is try and work out how we can achieve certain scenes. And I will always put forward the practical element to it. And I think that's something that Peaky really loves to do, um, give you free reign. Uh, they trust you. Um, all the directors that have been uh, in each uh, series, I've been lucky to work with some great ones. They've always been reliant uh, and also given me free reign about what to do and how to approach these scene. And so some of the iconic scenes that you've seen over the over the seasons, um, you know, we've worked really hard to do as much practical element to it. So it's, it's a stage, we go through a, through a process uh, and eventually it all comes together. But what people don't really realize is how quickly that process is. It's not over months and months and months, it's over weeks and days that we come to that kind of um, decision on how we're going to achieve it. But to work on a show like Peaky, which is hugely creative, hugely iconic, it's just a real pleasure to, to put your own mix of creativity on such an amazing show. You know, that's something that I've noticed you're kind of getting in on. You know, we, we started this podcast uh, right before series five so 2019 and then we had to deal with the whole pandemic and learning about how quickly the editing happens and sometimes episode one is out and they're still editing five and six that's also another aspect that that all happens very quickly um not to put you on the spot danny but if you could kind of give me some of your favorite set pieces and some of the favorite explosions or, or anything that involves oh. special effects in peaky that you could wow. think of yeah wow. let's let's turn on our nostalgia here and, oh my and god break us down. Um, I think I love a, what we call walk-ins and walk-outs. Um, the camera will follow Tommy 
uh, and uh, or you know any other the character into a building and it's something that's a real peaky so we call them walk in and walk out so sometimes we take a whole day to do a walk in there's no dialogue it's just it's just on the schedule walk in walk out and some of those iconic scenes with all of the characters coming together in slow motion and you'll see things in the air there's fireballs happening and sparks happening and stuff i love those days it, it, it that's when i'm given free reign to go absolutely nuts go crazy um, one of the uh, set pieces, anything with guns, you know, I love I love all the machine gun sequences. Uh, Arthur with his big, massive machine gun in, in uh, during that huge sequence last year when he's going crazy. That was one of my favorites. But I'm going to be really, really biased and say that my favorite sequence uh, is the one that I'm actually in. Uh, and that is the explosion of Arlie House uh, at the yeah. end of it. Yeah. So I was given um, I was told by the director um, to basically. Uh, would you like to be in it? Um, and I was like, well, I thought all the iconic scenes to be in, I thought to myself, well, yeah, of course. So they dressed me up in all the gear, the peaky gear. I look like a right Wally. I'm not going to, I didn't look as cool as Killian. I can tell you that they dressed me up a bit more like Dick Van Dyke than they did peaky. Um, <laughs> and so, so when I blew up the big building, that's me. But what you don't realize is I'm actually blowing it up for real in shot. So I'm pressing the button and I'm creating an explosion. Now, obviously, I didn't blow up the house for real, but I did all the explosive charges in front of it. So on a bias level, that's probably one of my favorite. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, the, the arrow, the arrow house and all of that. Um, yeah, yeah. We geeked out over one shot in season five, and now I want to get the, the real story behind it. It was the, what is it called? It's like a, oh, somebody emailed us this last year, a moving dolly zoom out where you have I, I believe it was it was when Tommy and his dog went to go talk to his son you know the the you kill you kill men you kill horses you know you're not god scene and it's when he's first walking up and you we saw it in season six too when the the foreground is moving in but the background yeah. is moving out at the same time I need yeah, you yeah. to geek out a little bit and walk me through that Oh, to be honest, uh, that isn't my thing. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything to do with like camera trickery and stuff like that, I have to, you know, I have to sort of pass that on to the DP, uh, director of photography. Um, but basically, that's exactly what they're doing. As as the camera's moving in, they're zooming out, uh, and vice versa. You know, it's a fantastic trick, and I, I think really a tip of the hat. And we should mention other departments. You know um all of the photography has always been incredible uh in terms of peaky groundbreaking creative but what people don't realize is that uh, peaky over the last few well many of the years and seasons um we work on a very very tight budget um very similar to any other bbc drama really and so what we've had to do as a production is come up with creative ideas uh because we didn't have the cameras we didn't have um you know the location you know it was always uh difficult to but to come up with solutions and, and 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 essentially that's where a lot of the head of department will come up with a lot of creative ideas to try and rival some of these big budget movies you know yeah no i i'd love to hear about that side of things and then yes i think we've given you know what josh and i do is we'll break down all the episodes over the years and we do breakdowns and we do rewatches and all of that and I, we give a good amount of love to all of the the side characters yeah, the yeah. non the non actors that are that make our show happen because it's it's certainly something especially when it comes to the music too about peaky blinders um and i want to ask you a little bit about peaky from a fan perspective but first 
let me, you know, it was cool to kind of hear that you loved Peaky Blinders the first two seasons. And that's when you kind of went after it. What's another show that maybe you never got to be a part of, but was always something you're like, oh man, that would have been so cool. Is it Game of Thrones or are there other shows that, you know, you feel like from a special effects side, Game <laughs> of Thrones is like the, the white whale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I've turned down more jobs that have gone on to be huge shows, you know, um, only because I'm so committed to certain productions. So I've had the Star Wars call. I've had the James Bond call. Um, but for me, my one of my favorite films has always been The Dark Knight. And, and I think that for me uh, would have been the, the tip of the iceberg for me to have worked on that production, um, you know, working with some groundbreaking uh, people on that production um and the dark knight was just absolutely incredible so uh, if i could go back in time and just spend a day making cups of tea uh, and going on set i wouldn't care that would have been the one that i would love to have done well it's funny because if, if of, of all of the movie franchises to mention you mentioned the one that has the most peaky blinders connections right yeah i mean that's quite funny right yeah <laughs> you've got tom and you've got killian involved in yeah, that yeah, series yeah. too yeah, yeah um yeah. and I'm, I'm i'm super excited to see what oppenheimer has in store for us with with killian finally yeah. taking that center stage at least for americans we don't necessarily i what's the opinion of him is he considered a, a tv superstar in the uk or is it not yet hit there Oh, who Killian? Uh, yeah, just just I mean, from Peaky, you feel like he should have more. You know, Dunkirk, he was a smaller role, and you know, yeah, he's had yeah, some yeah. of those smaller roles. I think with with Kill, he is very selective about his roles, and he can he can afford to be. You know, and I think when you look back over what he's done, um, he's always done some incredible uh, roles. Um, he stayed away, I think, a lot from the Marvel franchises and stuff, yeah. I think. Uh, I, I mean, that's for him to discuss. I've just not seen him involved. One thing he did say to me once, that one thing that he would love to do, and that is to be a cowboy. He's never done a Western. Um, so he, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. So if anyone's listening, I know Killian wants to do a Western. And I think he would be amazing in it. Um, I love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he, we had a little moment. I said to you, you know, what do you, what do, you do next? And he goes, I've got nothing. No, and this is, I think this is obviously before he knew about he was going on to do Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. But he... Um, he said to me, I'd love to do a Western. I said, yeah, I think I would love to do a Western too. So um, we'll, you know, it remains to be seen if he'll ever get the opportunity. Fingers crossed there. Well, you know, I'm excited to kind of see what, what your future has in store. Obviously, you you can't really talk about the, the certain things. Maybe you can that you're involved with right now, but let's, I assume you can't. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I'm working on a, on a few things at the moment. Um, I, I've just finished the new series of You, uh, which is on Netflix. Uh, I'm People current... love that in America, obsessed. Yeah, I know. I did, I, oh, look, I didn't know about it. And then I did some research. I watched the first season. I loved the season. And then I watched all the rest of the season back to back. So I'm a bit of a fanboy. And then working on the new series, it was uh, it was great. Uh, so uh, that's a fantastic mix of what's going to happen on that new series. I can't say much about it. Uh, currently involved, uh, just finished the special the specials for Doctor Who. Uh, we had the wonderful David Tennant coming back to reprise his role as the new Doctor, which is uh, the biggest kept secret in the world. So I think I'm allowed to mention that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've just finished Expendables 4, um, so I wow. finished uh, I finished uh, Peaky Blinders and uh, I went on to do Expendables 4, uh, which is incredibly huge, incredibly bonkers, but incredibly fun. And then I've got later on in the year, um, I've got Havoc with Tom Hardy. So again, working with Tom once again, 
Um, we we worked on a film uh, which with Gareth Evans, who's the director of The Raid, huge action yep. film. Yeah, uh, Gangs of London as well. With yeah, Joe yeah, Cole. So, yep. exactly. So we've taken the lots of the essences from The Raid, from Gangs of London and stuff, and we've put them together in this uh, crazy Christmas movie with um, with uh, Tom Hardy and Machine Guns and Blood and Guts. So um, nobody really knows much about it at the moment. We were hoping it was going to be out, I think, this Christmas. I don't think that's going to be the case. So look out on Netflix because I think uh, it's going to be huge over the next few months. Fantastic. And, you know, I'm excited. The Expendables. Wow. I did not know they were making another one of those. So that's, yeah. that's going to be a bunch of heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I finished Peaky, went on to expend, uh, do Havoc and then went on to do Expendables. So, so I had a very good Christmas of sleeping, to be honest. I was so emotionally and physically drained from such action. So, uh, so yeah, it was quite a year last year. And then lastly, let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, Peaky Blinders from a fan's perspective. We love to do this. We just had Stefan Healy on a few uh, months ago and, and he okay, kind of yeah. talked about watching it from a fan's image. And so when you when you go into it and you watch it the first two years, what's the difference between then and now when you have to, you know, be a part yeah. of all of it? And obviously you're a part of the cuts and the and yeah, the, yeah. the writing and all of that. I think I think I mean, look, on a creative sense, um, you know, I'll talk about the effects in a second, but I think on a creative, on a mood, when you look at how young Killian looks in the first series and the relationships that are formed and the breakdown of the characters and the physicalities of how different these characters look over those years, you know, Arthur looks unbelievable from season six to season one, you know? Yeah. So, and I think the relationship and everything between them, and it's just been a journey. Um, new people to watch in Peaky, um, you know, it, it's you have to stay with it. There's times when, you know, you have to be involved in the characters and it's not all explosions and blood, blood guts and goo. So but when they come, they come thick and fast. So so on a special effects level, there's always been some type of stunt. Um, but my role, I've been trying to sort of have more of those. So I've come up with ideas of putting meat hooks in people's necks. Um, uh, shooting people in heads um blowing up buildings and the odd machine gun stuff so when it does come it's got to be graphic and it's got to be a surprise and 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 that's what we try to do and try and make it fresh every time you see it okay so now and yes i, I we want to know i want to know what you thought about season six i want to know what you thought when you read you know, because this is something that um that we chatted as well with with a couple different um different members of 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 the Peaky Blinders world. You know, we we got to chat with uh, Laz Chiavo, and you know, Chiavo was was one of the most um, unfiltered interviews in terms of her opinion of the Michael Johns. The, I mean, excuse me, the Michael um, Tommy scene and her opinions about what could have happened with Joe. You know, seasons ago. Right. So I'd love to get like a little bit of look inside the mind of someone who've also been a part of Peaky for what, seven years now, it feels like. So well, you know, what was your opinion of the last? I mean, it, it's it, it's just a conclusion uh, of your life in terms of the Peaky family. You know, it comes, it's coming to an end. It's almost like you're leaving home and never coming back. It's you're saying goodbye to everyone. So relationship wise and, and working with these incredible actors, you knew it was coming to the end. So when you finally get the script and, and I'm not going to lie to you, we, we don't from, um, when we get the first episode, know how the end of, is going to happen. Right. So, so we um, we sit down and believe it or admit it or not, I don't get a lot of time to sit down and read the script. So, um, 
I only read certain versions. And so when we get to the final of this is what's going to happen, not everyone really knew what was going to happen because we didn't want the secret to get out there. So um, obviously I knew what was going to happen and I loved the ending. I think it was fantastic. Um, the ending, I think, was slightly different to how it was going to be before lockdown. Uh, That's the, what we've the, heard, yeah. Yeah, so the the whole script, the whole series was going to be completely different. Season six was going to start different, end different. Um, but obviously lockdown came along. Um, Stephen Knight must have had a few extra sort of uh, thoughts about how he was going to take this series. Um, and um, and then it was just a fantastic um, conclusion. Uh, and I think the way that he flipped it, where he went and took himself up to up to the hills to to finish himself off, and then realised that it was all a trick. I think classic Peaky, classic. You know, spins it on its head, doesn't it? Agreed. It was it was so well done. And, and when you do a rewatch too, you catch different things in the beginning, and then yeah. you know the, the Kennedy comparisons as well have been kind of uh, released. And 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 Stevens actually gone out and said, well, Anya Anya's character is a bit of a Kennedy, and then you learn more about that. And it's it's very neat to kind of throw that in. Last question for you: What do you are you allowed to talk about in terms of the movie? What do you know? What are you curious and maybe want to to learn about the movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that it's definitely out there that there's going to be a movie. Um, Killian mentioned something in my ear. Um, I don't know anything about it. When we're filming, if I'm involved, I'd love to be involved. You know, for being involved in the show for so long, it's my baby. I would be super jealous and a bit of a psycho if uh, <laughs> someone else has got the job because I'll be standing on set watching what they're doing. Um, but um, yeah, who knows? Who knows where it's going to take us if it's the final conclusion. Um, us Brits like to spin you about a little bit when it comes to certain dramas. We don't like it. You don't like uh, for you guys to have it too easy. So uh, we wait to see if I'm involved. If not, um, if I'm not, then I, I totally um respect to the guys and good luck to them and i look forward to watching to see how it comes out as a fan but i will be a psycho and i will try my best to get involved <laughs> yeah we, we did have one i had one gripe with with what stephen knight did and that's before the show finished he confirmed that killian murphy would be in the movie and that was so it, it was a short-sighted decision because we all thought Killian Murphy was going to die. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't yeah. pretend that Tommy Shelby's going to die and then come out in yeah. the real world and say that Killian Murphy's going to be in the movie. So I was, we were very mad yeah. about that in the, in the middle of, of season six. Yeah, I get you. It's like finding out Batman is, uh, they're going to, to make batman 2 before the end of batman well i mean it's i get it i get it you know sure, but also um, you gave batman a terminal cancer you know what i mean it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you know who knows um, we, we were speculating we're like well maybe yeah. it's flashbacks i would have loved yeah. a war sequel a spinoff right with them back in the wartime and give us give us polly leading like a, a younger actress playing polly leading the, the Do you game. know what i i floated this idea because i always wanted to see the peaky blinders at war yes um there were moments that we talked about doing battle scenes to really bring back the horror of what they went through um particularly we see it in glimpses when it came to um uh, some of the when when tommy breaks through when he's a tunneler um, we saw moments of that. There was actually a scene cut from season six where in his mind he has a fight with a soldier in the trench, which is a really graphic fight, actually. What didn't make it in the final cut? Are you sure it didn't make it? Because there was a very graphic fight in the trench, remember? When he's having the... It 
the psychotic breakdown. There's another one. (laughs) Yeah, um, but I think that's probably why it got cut because there was another one. Um, But um, in terms of like, I I, I always wanted to go back to the horror of war. And, um, you know, the guys are at an age where they can look younger. um, But, you know, does that mean we'd have to bring someone in? Who knows? Who cares? You know, I think it'd be cool to get younger actors because obviously Joe Cole had to move on to bigger, better things. You know what I mean? It makes sense. And it was always a gem that we got to keep Killian Murphy. What a big name, right? That stayed with the moniker. And Finn Cole, you can tell that he was only available for a few minutes. And and same with Anya Taylor because they're they're growing and skyrocketing um i want to know in this world of like we're seeing game of thrones turn into this you know 15 series are going to come out of the show do you can you ever see a world where they can make like a prequel in in four years or so i don't know i i think you have to be very careful um i think game of thrones there's so many actors so many stories so many different avenues that you can explore I think what makes it so special is the fact that we don't give you too much. Uh, I think particularly Sherlock, um, we gave you a series every two or three years. Uh, Luther, we, we wanted a- more, Danny. Yeah, we wanted more is, Sherlock. This is why it works so well because you're so desperate to see it, and then finally you see it. And then Luther again, another show I'm involved in, only comes around every four or five years. So um, with Peaky, is it the end? We shall see. Um, I don't know. We'll see. That's a great. No, I'm, I, I love the, the tidbits that you were able to give. Is there anything else that you could think of here that fans might might be happy to hear about or um, maybe a fun story from the set for season six? I mean, some of the some of the fun stories. I mean, there's so many fantastic stories to tell you. And all I can say, it's been a real privilege to be involved in them. I think one of the great one of the funniest stories I can remember was I think you were, there's a fantastic um, scene between um, uh, Tommy and, um, oh my God, uh, the gypsy guy, I've forgotten his name, um, Amarama Gold, and he flips a coin for his daughter. Yes. Um, now, what you don't realize is there's a practical fire uh, in between, what we call a, a burning um, uh, flame, uh, in between the characters. Now, I'm actually between the two of the two actors, and the idea is he throws the whiskey into the flame, the flame rolls up so I was there but I found myself in an unusual position where I'm between two gentlemen going at it verbally about the offer of his daughter for a flip of a coin now I hadn't actually I'm not going to lie to you I hadn't read the scene so I didn't know and I remember being between these two amazing actors and normally if you're a professional you shouldn't be looking because you shouldn't be looking because it puts the actor off but I found myself controlling the gas going like, like a tennis match. I was so amazed with what was going on and the characters and stuff like that. And I think generally, like uh, the, the interactions between Tom Hardy and and um, uh, many of the other actors as well, um, every day you found yourself, rather than slipping off for a cup of coffee and staying out of the way, you kind of stayed because you love to watch these incredible actors with their craft. So no ever scene is the same. Every other shot is different. Um, so whenever you've got someone like Tom or Killian recording a scene, um, it's never exactly the same, the following scene. So it's, uh, every single takes different. Um, so it's a real joy to, to work on set. And, 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 and another fun, funny thing is um, uh, Killian is very different uh, to how he is as Tommy. Uh, Killian will come in in the morning wearing his, uh, I don't know, One Direction kit, you know, little beanie, little striking <laughs> t-shirt, you know, he looks cool. Um, 
and he just looks like um, the intern. Um, but then when he's done his lines, he'll go off, he'll go to his trailer and and then he comes back as Tommy, you know, and he comes in in all the gear and it's all done up and he's, he stands to attention and you've got to pick your conversations because he's in character. So, um, you know, there's there's certain things you don't exactly walk up to him and talk about the weekend, but you you. You, I'm one of the very few guys that um, will interact with him just before a scene, just to make sure he's fine and safe. Um, and after Shelby, uh, Paul is is always in character, regardless of what he's wearing or where he is. He's he's a real handful, but he's brilliant. I love him to bits. He uh, he's a fan of the podcast. Um, he's messaged us a few times. Not very understandable is his messaging. You know, it's like a, he'll send me three paragraphs, and I'll yeah. be able to read about half of it. Uh, like it's you know great. I love him. He's great. We we done some scenes with him uh, in season six, where obviously he's in the rain, and it's just so powerful. You know, the guy is such a range, and you know he's fantastic. And I've been very lucky to be with him for the last few seasons, and and whatever he goes on to, uh, he's a fantastic actor, as is all the rest of the actors. It's been a a real joy to be with them. And it's been a real joy to chat with you, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Uh, really great to chat to you as well, Dan. Absolutely. We'll keep the off season rolling. He's Danny Hargraves. I'm Daniel Gilman, and we've been soon on that.